welcome to the Sustainable Sweets podcast. Hi, my name is Maya Sudarshan, and I am a 15-year-old baker. I always loved baking, but then I learned about the environmental implications that came with me using things like milk and butter. So, I made a change and figured out new ways to make desserts without it weighing on my shoulders. Now, I would like to share with you some recipes I found to be the best and why they are better for our planet. Hope you enjoy! Welcome to my first ever podcast episode. My name is Maya Sudarshan, and I'm going to share with you a few recipes that I found to be just really good and also sustainable. The recipe I'm doing today is a carrot cake. And before I begin, I got this carrot cake from My Gluten-Free Kitchen, and they're not uh, sponsoring this video or anything like that, but I just thought I should give them a shout out because I didn't create this recipe. Okay, so the actual recipe is two and a half cups of all-purpose gluten-free flour. Obviously, it's gluten-free because it's my gluten-free kitchen. I get a ton of recipes by them, actually. They're really, really good. Um, okay, and then three-quarters teaspoons of xanthan gum, unless your gluten-free flour contains gaur, guar, <laughs> I don't know how to say that, gum, or xanthan gum, which then you can just leave that out. Uh, and then one and a quarter teaspoons of baking powder, one teaspoon of baking soda, two teaspoons of ground cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon of ground nutmeg, one eighth teaspoon of ground cloves, one quarter teaspoon of ground allspice, a half a teaspoon of salt, one and a quarter cups of sugar, gotta turn my page, okay, three and a quarter cups of brown sugar, four large eggs, one third cup of unsweetened applesauce, two thirds cup of canola oil or vegetable oil or melted coconut oil, um, and then half a cup of melted unsalted butter or oil, and then finally three cups of finely shredded carrots, about one pound. Okay, so preheat the oven to 350 before you do all that and spray a 9 by 13 pan. Um, yes, and then onto the frosting. So for the frosting, I did 8 ounces of cream cheese softened to room temperature, 5 tablespoons of butter softened to room temperature, 2 and a half to 3 cups of powdered sugar, 2 tablespoons of heavy cream or half and half, and 1 teaspoon of pure vanilla extract. Obviously right now it probably doesn't sound very sustainable. There's a lot of butter and cream cheese and milk and everything like that, but for the whole cake, I use dairy-free alternatives, which is perfect because I'm not dairy, but non-dairy, but also it's sustainable. But for this, I'm just going to be focusing on the non-dairy milks that I used and which ones are the best for the planet. Before I begin, I just want to mention a couple things. The first thing is, all of you probably all know this, but just because I'm using dairy-free alternatives to make this cake does not make this cake 100% sustainable. Obviously, somebody had to drive my dairy-free cream cheese to my local grocery store, and then I went to the grocery store, drove there to get it, and drove back home to put it in my kitchen. So it's not like this is going to solve climate change or something, but it's just better than using animal products. The next thing is the information where I got all the facts on the different nut milks and 
All the dairy-free alternatives came from two websites. The first one was healthline.com, and the other one was thebeat.com. Yeah, if you want to go there for the full article, you can, but I'm just going to give you the gist of it. Between the both websites, I found kind of a common factor, um, and it was two kinds of milks were really good. Both websites mentioned pea milk, which is supposed to be way better for the environment than other nut milks because to make a pea, I guess a pea plant, uses less water than something like an almond. And then another milk alternative, which honestly kind of shocked me because I didn't even know that this was a thing until I read this article. It's from The Beat, this one, and it's, so sesame milk, right? Uh, It's kind of new, but it apparently takes 12 liters of water to produce one liter of milk in sesame milk, but for something like soy milk or oat milk, it takes 28 liters of water to make one liter of milk. And then almond milk, which I think this is the craziest one, it was 371 liters of water per liter of almond milk. That is like, that's crazy to me. But anyway, um, so sesame milk, it takes way, way less water to produce, which is really cool. So if you're at the grocery store and you reach for the almond milk or the oat milk or something and you also see that there's sesame milk or pea milk on the shelf, I mean, why not? Like, just try it. See if you like it because it is way better for the planet. But just keep in mind that any non-dairy alternative is better and more sustainable compared to what It takes to get one liter of cow milk, which is 628 liters of water. So, even compared to the worst nut milk, you could say, in terms of water consumption, which is almond milk, which takes 371 liters of water, I mean, it's compared to 628 liters of water to produce cow's milk, it's it's kind of a (laughs) no-brainer to just try it. Alright, that is the end of the Sustainable Sweets podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You made it to the end. Uh, I hope you learned something new, and I also hope to do another podcast soon. Bye!